welcome to Ethical Quandaries. I'm Jessica Veltstra. And I'm Denise Thompson. And we're back, bitches! <laughs> Barely. <laughs> Barely back. I don't promise anything. Except for I'm sitting here. I'm a warm body on the floor next to our little stool that holds our microphone. Because I made you come. <laughs> you poured me wine? That's all it takes, apparently. You're physically sitting here. But what have we been doing for the last couple months, two months or so, Denise? <laughs> I've been rebranding my business and moving locations from one town to another. <laughs> That's not an intense process or anything, is it? No, not at all. <laughs> it was super easy. Didn't, it didn't take, take any effort at all. No effort and not like a crew of like 15 people <laughs> yeah. Yeah. working on and off. Throughout. I was all by myself mm-hmm. and it was super easy breezy. <laughs> yeah, no, the complete opposite Mm-hmm. I needed a crew of people, and I had an amazing support system. And many times I stopped and thought, how in the world do people do this without a support system? And then I realized they do it with money. <laughs> <laughs> they hire people to be their support system. I can't afford that. So luckily I have been hashtag blessed. <laughs> hashtag. <laughs> with a crew of really great people mm-hmm. and a support system. Mm-hmm. Or I would have been able to do it. So I have been in my new location for a week now. Awesome. Yeah. How's it going? It's going really well. Good. Yeah. And so what else did you do in the, in the past two months? Oh, yes. I also went on a family vacation <laughs> in the middle of that. <laughs> my husband decided it would be a really good time to plan a family vacation with his family. <laughs> and so we went to Hawaii for a week. And it was a blast. And it was nice because we got home on Friday, had Saturday to rest, and then moved, started moving on Sunday. Okay. Yeah. So it was a little bit of a uh, boost. A boost. Little break, mini break, sunshine. Recharge. Yeah. Although now I feel like I need to go back. (laughs) We always feel like we need to go back. And instead I'm working six days a week. But that's going to stop here soon, right? Maybe. Hopefully. So mm. my complaining was much before the microphone turned on about how Jessica is making me think <laughs> I'm making tonight. you do her do this. Because she, our fans, we have to give our fans what they want. <laughs> she gave me a glass of wine and told me to shut up. <laughs> no, I told you the opposite of that. You better start talking. <laughs> so, yeah, in the last couple months, my parents have come up and I spent a few days with them and then I had some massive trainings and like it's been I've been helping you move and yeah it's been training after training after training so I have all the all the knowledge apparently now and yeah but uh work's been kind of crazy and then helping with a move yeah it's been exciting and and adventurous and I'm I'm looking forward to the summer because it's going to be so relaxing and and you know how Alaskan summers are. They're just chill. <laughs> That's what we tell ourselves every year. I, I say, oh man, these weekends we don't, aren't... We don't have anything planned, right? We don't have much planned at all. We have all of this weekends free. We only have maybe one weekend a month mm-hmm. where someone's coming to visit or this or that. Yeah, no, my June is now full. Mm. I stupidly signed up for a vendors market in another town so that's where I pack up my store in a small way and bring it to another town (laughs) of course why not why wouldn't Uh, I do that I'm good at it anyways yeah 
And then, so, while we've been super busy, we've been missing podcasting, but we should be more regular now. And We say that all the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've been, you know, averaging a good three times a month for the most part, except for those two months that we completely (laughs) didn't do any. But during the hiatus, tragically, one of my favorite authors passed away, and I think she was one of your favorite authors as well, Rachel Held Evans. And without her, I will have to say, this podcast would probably never have been because I started reading her blog probably in 2010 or so, maybe 2012 at the latest. And she inspired me to make my own blog. And when blogging became less popular, (laughs) she made a podcast. (laughs) So it kind of went from point to point. She passed away unexpectedly, and she has two young babies, and she inspired me to think differently about my faith, and so this question that I had today, this quandary, was kind of inspired by some of her writing, and so the question... And something she got crap about. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So the question is whether or not it's ethical to use feminine pronouns for God, referring to God. And some of the background of it is Rachel Held Evans wrote a blog piece on how Mary would have viewed the crucifixion of Jesus and how she would have felt seeing her son dying. And so at the end, she wrote this sentence. It's a pain that pierces the heart. And because of today, because of the cross, it is a pain that God herself understands. And since she used the feminine pronoun herself, people took issues with it and called her a heretic, which is the incorrect usage of that term, because a heretic is somebody who denies very specific orthodoxies in the Christian church, So, and that's not one of them, so whatever. But, I think people think that a heretic is just a heathen or yeah. just someone who is uh, preaching falsely or but these are like, these going are, to hell, which right. by the way... We realize we're not speaking on hell this time. Because it was too much. It was just too much. We'll speak on it. But it was too much tonight. (laughs) (laughs) You should have heard me bitching. It was too much. But, so, theologians, big theologians called her a heretic. Wrong use of the term. But, because they said that in the Bible, they only use male pronouns for God. And especially... The Council on Biblical Manhood and Womanhood took offense with it. They take offense with a lot of stupid things. But specifically, they are very much into male and female traditional gender roles. And they had a huge problem with her use of herself to describe God. But she responds that it's basically idolatry to have a huge issue with it. Because God is neither encompassed by the pronoun he, nor is God fully encompassed by the pronoun she. God created male and female in God's image. And so, therefore, male and female are pieces of God, but not the full encompassment of God. And, of course, we're only speaking of basically orthodox type Christianity, Mormons would disagree. Mormons, in their theology, would agree that God was male. But generally, Christians would say that God is neither male or female. 
So, do you think that it is <laughs> wrong to call God by the feminine pronoun? Well, before I answer that question, because mm-hmm. you actually probably don't know my answer. <laughs> do you know my answer of this? I don't like, think have we ever we've talked never about talked about this. About this. Mm-mm. No, I don't think so. Like in any sort of depth. No. So I am going to pose a few questions <laughs> slash facts <laughs> slash things that have happened to us in our lives because <laughs> I know that you have been told your entire life as as well as I have that God is God the Father mm-hmm. and that He is a Father. Mm-hmm. And that he is a dad in our life. He, you know, if you have a bad dad, don't worry. You have mm-hmm. dad, the father, mm-hmm. God. If you have a great dad, he's he's emulating, you know, God the mm-hmm. father. But man, you have a great dad. God the father is even better. Mm-hmm. It's all very male, Ma- masculine, father, yeah, mm-hmm. masculine. Biblically, father is used to describe God. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think about that? Well, first of all, the Bible wasn't written in a vacuum. It was written in very patriarchal times when the in in the New Testament, it was written in the Roman era where the father of the family would where like the whole word patriarch comes from would have authority of life or death over the members of the family. I mean, like what he said completely went. And so that is the era that they're writing in. But also, so they're not writing in a vacuum, they're writing in a culture where the father has the power and the mother does not. But also, the Bible itself does have a lot of imagery using metaphors to describe God that are female metaphors that we don't apparently pay much attention to. But nothing, of course, nothing we can use as words fully encompasses God, so we're only describing him or her in pieces. But... The Bible describes God as a woman who is giving birth, a nursing mother, like a hen who gathers her chicks underneath her, a God of many breasts, and in that case it's specifically female breasts that God has, like, basically feeds her children, and as well as the feminine noun being used for the Holy Spirit in much of the Greek. So there is a lot of female imagery used for God because there's pieces that God created both male and female so obviously it's both pieces of those well Jesus was clearly a male Jesus came down in in human form and so he was clearly a male and so we clearly use male pronouns for him and I have like zero issue with that that seems just normal and right because he was a human and that is what he presented as God is often described as a father in the Bible. God is described as a father from, you know, Jesus's perspective, but he is also described as many other things, even a whisper, a wind, uh, a voice in the burning bush. But when God describes God's self, God says, I am who I am, does not use a, a male or a female pronoun. We don't have the language to right. encompass no. that. No. Anything, anything is incomplete. Basically, when he says, I am, that's the best language mm-hmm. we have. Yeah. Which kind of is awe-inspiring. Mm-hmm. Like, I am mm-hmm. is super powerful. Right. The other thing I was going to propose is we believe in the Holy Trinity. Mm-hmm. And I totally agree with you. We don't necessarily have the language to address God as a he or she, like that we don't have the pronouns. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people who identify neither as a he or she 
use language as they and mm-hmm. their. Mm-hmm. So why are we not referring to God as they? Because they, at mm-hmm. first glance, makes so much sense because there are three of mm-hmm. three in one. Mm-hmm. They encompasses both male and female. Mm-hmm. And to me, I feel like that, if we're going to get to the root of it, that would be your first go-to go-to mm-hmm. for you the English language. So I looked it up because I actually thought that the question had been answered and I realized it had been answered why we don't refer to God as it, which because God is a person, even though God is neither male nor female and God is a spirit, God is a person. So we don't refer to God as it. Why we don't refer to God as they, I'm thinking that because a lot of times we are referring to one of the persons in the Trinity. So if we're referring to Jesus, obviously it's he. If we're referring to the Holy Spirit, I'm not sure why it's not she. In a, most languages that do have the feminine a nouns, English doesn't have that, but like Spanish does. Yeah, like um, A at the mm-hmm. end instead of O. Yeah, they do refer to the Holy Spirit in that feminine. But in English, we just don't have it. But in other languages they do and they do still refer to the and so that's something that we're missing out on as the American church is that we're not realizing the rest of the world isn't seeing it like that and then you know God who Jesus referred to as the father you know we can refer to him as the father and we can refer to him as he so I'm not sure why we don't often refer to a, uh, God as they but I'm guessing because we're not often referring to this as a whole trinity. But I would think that that would be appropriate. But maybe it's because we want to both emphasize the unique aspects and the unity. I'm not sure why that's never come into play. And I couldn't find it on the interweb. What? <laughs> you can find everything on the interweb. I couldn't. Like, you, sh- you try Googling. Why can't we call God by they? It doesn't come up because then they, of course, isn't a... <laughs> yeah, you're just not hitting the right, right. tubes. I know. The internet is a, a series of tubes. tubes. And you're just not hitting Our the right Our Senator tubes. Stevens. It's an Alaskan Bless joke. Bless his soul. It's an Alaskan joke. We had a senator who mm. described the internet as a series of tubes. Mm. Much like I think some people mm. describe God. <laughs> They're a little off. <laughs> But yeah, I definitely don't think it's heresy. I often go back and forth. The reason I feel like I go back and forth is because I want to, when I'm describing something about God that is traditionally feminine, like the creative sense of God, I will use the feminine pronoun. If I'm using something that's traditionally masculine, I might use the masculine for pronoun. But also I like to use it because I don't like to have this idea that God's a male. Because I think that it's funny because I, I follow a Christian um, pastor named Jory Micah. She's a young woman and she often throws out the feminine pronoun for God and she gets so much backlash and they're like, no, God's a male. Like straight up, God's a male. I'm like, okay, are you a Mormon? If not, where are you getting this? Because the rest of Christian theology doesn't believe this. So if you're not a Mormon, you're like, you're just coming up with this off of your own because the rest of the Christian theology does not believe that God falls into a sex. God is a spirit and is much bigger than, you know, humanness. Um, so but even people, I feel like even people who will agree with you on that, who will say God is bigger than mm-hmm. a sex mm-hmm. and God is I am and God mm-hmm. is they and God is 
encompassing of all of us. Mm-hmm. We are made in his image. If you were to still say in front of them, she, mm-hmm. they would be ha- shocked and have a reaction they would and have, be upset. Mm-hmm. Because, and I think that this points to our problem, is even though we like to say we're all equal, is that we truly do not believe in our minds and in our culture that we're equal. So referring to God as a lesser gender is shocking to people, even though, like I'm saying lesser with air quotes, but because we really don't believe that we're equal. If we did believe that we were equal, it wouldn't matter what gender we used at all with God, but because we don't believe we're equal because we think that there's something dirty or shameful about being a woman, that God can't be that because God's God and God's, you know, not shameful and not dirty. And so, yeah, that's that's truly, like, it shows the problems with our society that we cannot refer to God as she without a visceral reaction. And also, I've seen the response of someone saying she, as in she talking about God, mm-hmm. and having someone respond with, you're just doing that to get attention. Well, maybe you should be doing that to get attention. Because maybe that's an attention that should be brought to that problem. I mean, maybe this is a problem that we really need to bring attention to. And if it it brings attention, if that brings attention, we should ask, why does that bring so much attention? Why shouldn't it just be whatever? Blase. We know that it can't encompass God. So no matter what our words say, they're not enough. That's just fact. So why is this bringing attention? We should be asking that question. Well, I do want to point out that there are a lot of Christians that do not think that the sexes are equal. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's not... But they say they do. Well. (laughs) Most Christians say that, I mean, even if you're... In the eyes of God. That the sexes are equal, maybe that they don't have the same roles. But most Christians say that they believe the sexes are at least equal. They may not mean it, and maybe that needs to be <laughs> actually examined, but that's what they say. And if and if you say that and you can't use the feminine pronoun for God, maybe you should do some heart searching about why. My take on all of it, my complete opinion about <laughs> this, as I've drug it out and thrown <laughs> things out there, I mean, obviously... Jessica and I disagree about everything. Everything. <laughs> I'm I'm way more conservative than Jessica. <laughs> Things that we've been told. Mm-hmm. I have absolutely no problem with it. I actually probably have never verbally referred to God as she. Mm-hmm. But I don't have a problem with it. I notice when other people do it. Barely. Mm-hmm. At this point, when I first started hearing it, I would notice it, obviously, mm-hmm. very quickly. And it, and it would kind it's different. of shock yeah. me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't quite know how to feel about it. Because, I mean, if anyone was to challenge me, even in the beginning, even when I was much more conservative, if someone were to say, um, if you think about it, I, mm-hmm. I could never deny that. Mm-hmm. That God was made up of all of those mm-hmm. different aspects mm-hmm. and, and couldn't be tied down by mm-hmm. our language and our two sexes but I don't think I use a she and I really don't refer to God as he all Mm -hmm. that much either I mostly just say God Mm -hmm. or Jesus or the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. I do a lot of proper nouns nouns yeah Mm -hmm. because I do think that they is such a much 
more encompassing. Mm, mm-hmm. And but I didn't have that. I didn't have that wording mm. until recently when you start learning about gender. people who who don't mm-hmm, identify mm-hmm. as one gender or mm-hmm. the other, and and learning how to use that language in everyday mm-hmm. speak. And so I didn't really think about it. You know, I just would honestly didn't think about it because I don't think too much too deeply about anything I come up with my opinions last minute but no this has been an opinion that I've I've never really had a problem with it Mm -hmm. I've seen people get enraged and maybe it's because I have followed Rachel Held Evans for so long and and I read that type of writing that uses it freely and also because it probably was about 15 years ago, I came to the conclusion that I was made in God's image. Yes, mm-hmm. we're told that all the time, mm-hmm. but I was presented with an idea that stuck so well in my head. It made me feel so much closer to God and not like a second-class citizen. And not that I had been raised that way, but the culture raises. The I mean, the culture that surrounds me. you. Even um, even the secular culture is like that. So, yes. You know. And someone pointed out that God made Adam. And not only did Adam need someone else, Adam didn't encompass all of God. Mm-hmm. And so making the female made the image of God more complete. Mm-hmm. And so to think that, you know, male is made in his image and then <laughs> it wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the man was lacking. <laughs> he didn't have all of the cool aspects mm-hmm. that a woman would have, bring, mm-hmm. you know, coming mm-hmm. to the table. And then all of us, you know, everything together, all mm-hmm. of those traits encompassed God. It just made me feel so much closer to mm. God. And I think that, that at that point, it, I never had a problem with anyone referring to God in the... The feminine. And, you know, when you say they, it's interesting because one of the ways that God refers to themselves is they say, come, let us. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's where we get kind of the idea of the Trinity. So, I mean, us, if somebody was referring to us, they would refer to them back as they... So it's interesting that we don't do that more often. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so guess what, Jessica? What? I agree with you this time. Okay. This time. <laughs> this one Just time this we'll one. get the <laughs> But it is an interesting visceral response from people. Mm-hmm. Like they are instantly furious or jumpy or... I mean, I've seen you do it in groups Mm -hmm. and people respond. People get real uncomfortable real quick. They get uncomfortable. (laughs) And then they start wondering why they're uncomfortable. (laughs) I love doing that. I've never had anyone get past the, you can tell they're uncomfortable. They think about it. I've never heard anyone verbalize anything to you. I I have had something and said something. Somebody looks at me and says, oh, you did that on purpose. Something like that. Oh, yeah. But, but not was like... Was that me? Did I say that? No. No, it was our, another, another friend of ours. <laughs> our, our other friend who told us, when I, we told her what the topic was going to be, she says, oh, I'm a traditionalist because I don't want to think too deeply about that. <laughs> so we, she told us we could use that. <laughs> She'll listen. She will change her mind on something. But... Yeah, 
so I think that if you have a visceral response about that, maybe maybe question why. Why would you have that visceral response? Is it because just that you've been raised that whole way? Because and and think about the language differences, the cultural differences, as one of you know the the language in you know Hebrew and Greek may have you know the feminine and male nouns unlike our language. And, you know, the Bible wasn't written in English, unlike what one of your friends said. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say she was my friend. <laughs> acquaintance. An acquaintance I had when I first got married asked me if we had a family Bible. And to have I told this story on the podcast I don't before? think, I don't know we have, but... Oh my goodness. She asked if I was entering my marriage with a family Bible. It was very important that I have a family Bible. <laughs> Unlike just a regular Bible. Yeah. Just a run-of-the-mill. I'm assuming she wanted me to write all the births of Uh, many children (laughs) down in it. So I said yes, and she asked me what version it was. And I can't remember because I think at the time it was, I think Patrick and I both maybe had like an NIV Mm -hmm. and a few other different, I mean. American Standard, something like that, yeah. As a Christian, and you, in the United States, <laughs> and there you have multiple Bibles. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a, a fact. At least it was for me. Maybe I shouldn't say a fact, because there's probably going to be someone out there that's like, I grew up as a Christian, and no one gave me a Bible. <laughs> so, who knows. So, I said yes. I can't remember what I told her. And she said, well, make sure you have a King James. So, obviously, I didn't tell her I had a King James. <laughs> Make sure you have a King James version because if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. <laughs> and I was 18 years old, and this person was probably 27. 27 with no concept on history. <laughs> yes. King James and who he was, she did not know anything about. Or what language Jesus might have spoken. No. Why would you? <laughs> King James, obviously. <laughs> he spoke the King James, James English. version. <laughs> oh, so, you know. So, have we judged <laughs> the heck out of that? I think so. Okay. Well, say you made it through a podcast. Oh, well, you gave me a glass of wine and I'm halfway through. <laughs> and with a heavy hand, it was poured. So, what's our ethical product this week? Oh, my. Our ethical product this week is Frankie and Coco PDX. And they have super cute totes, zipper pouches, accessory bags, cosmetic bags, like anything you can think, and it's handmade in Portland. Mm -hmm. Pencil cases, so cute. Everything is really contemporary, which I love, the style, and a little bit mid-century modern looking, pattern-wise. And a little boho. There's <laughs> nothing was, for everyone. It was started by a designer, Maya Mori, and she started with a stack of vintage fabric and her grandmother's sewing machine and in 2014, and she made it into a company. So she uses local partnerships, and she does unique details, and they pride themselves in their meticulous craftsmanship. So look them up. Because they're great. Or you can try to find a local supplier, like my store, which mm-hmm. I just picked them up. <laughs> awesome. Right in her new location. In my new location. <laughs> so thank you for joining us here at Ethical Quandaries, a podcast where we have a lot of questions. But no answers. And we're judging, judging you anyway. Technical support and photography by Tiffany. Oh.
consultation by Mid Toker. Production music by EpidemicSound.com. Editing by me, Jessica Veldstrom. If you have an ethical quandary or a comment, you can email us at ethicalquandaries.outlook.com. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Remember, if you enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. And support our work at patreon.com. 